God desires each believer to know Him and have His mind about how He wants us to live holy lives. But when our decisions deal with everyday issues and modern standards, it's hard to draw a line, and we wonder if it even matters. This week in Walk Talks, Mike Graham dives into a study about these gray areas in life and helps us develop discernment to apply the Bible to our daily choices. Hey, welcome back to Walk Talks. Man, we got a lot to cover today. So, so far, we have covered this, the purpose of gray areas. That is, we should seek the Lord. Number two, the conscience of gray areas. Your conscience is your guide to right and wrong. Your conscience can be misguided. Your conscience can be educated. Your conscience can be defiled. And your conscience is not the standard. Okay, so uh, we need to make sure our conscience is grounded firmly in Scripture not in the opinions of other people. So we looked last time at the dangers of gray areas, that uh, the dangers could be that we may be self-serving or it may cause me to fall when I think I'm standing or two, it may not be the best even because I can. But today we're gonna look at the principles of gray areas. So deciding uh, between what... uh, in a particular gray area, we're trying to decide which way I should go and what should I do. Should I take part in uh, a particular activity or should I not? And so how do we determine that? So, but let me say at the very beginning here, uh, some of these points uh, I have gotten from another message. I actually tried to look up the message to find it again to see uh, how many of these were exactly from that message or uh, how many of these uh, I kind of adjusted a little bit, but I don't want to take full credit for uh, everything that is said here because I know I I pulled some of these points from uh, another message that was extremely helpful to me. So I tried to look up the message, but I couldn't find it. So let's get right to it. So the principles of determining what to do in gray areas. Number one, is it excess? Do I need it or is it excessive baggage? Okay, Hebrews chapter 12, verse one says this, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Folks, we have a lot to do in this Christian life and these gray areas as we go through, we have to ask ourselves the question, is it excess? Do I need it or is it excessive baggage? Is it something that's gonna slow me down in my walk with the Lord? Is it something that's going to to help me in my walk with the Lord, okay? Uh, and, and we have to ask ourselves that question and be honest with that answer. Sometimes we are not honest with ourselves because we know if I don't do what I what I really want to, it's going to make me maybe not have as much fun as I think, or, you know, other people may think that I'm a little bit, um, you know, starchy or, you know, uptight. And so we want to be careful that uh, we understand what Scripture says. So we want to understand that this area, which I may want to take a liberty, Scripture doesn't specifically forbid 
the question would be, number one, is it excess? Do I need it or is, is it excessive baggage? And you kind of fill in the blanks of what that may be, especially in the gray area you may be thinking about. Number two, is it expedient? We've uh, seen this uh, passage earlier, uh, but the question would be, is it useful or is it going to help me? First uh, Corinthians 6, 12, we talked about this already. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, but all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And this sounds very familiar to what's in uh, chapter 10, 23 and 24. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. They don't build up. Verse 24, let no man seek his own. We're not in this life just simply for our own benefit. We're here to help others. Because what did Christ do? When Christ came to this earth, he came to help. He didn't seek his own. He didn't seek to build his own kingdom. He didn't seek to build his own name. He simply did the will of the Father. And what was that ultimately for? Was it for his benefit? No, it was for the benefit of all of mankind because he took our place on the cross. So, is it expedient? We have to ask ourselves the question, just because I can, as we talked about last uh, time, was just because I can, should I? I? I may be able to, I may be able to do it and not sin, but is it best? Does it help? Is it helpful for me or is it helpful to other people? So that's number two. Number three, does it emulate? Is this what Christ would do? All right, 1 John 2, verse 26. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk, even as he walks, as Jesus walked. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So what you do, does it emulate? Does it, um, does it demonstrate this is what Christ would do? Okay, we have to ask ourselves that question. And again, may I remind you, we have to be honest with the answer to that question. And sometimes, you know what? We may not actually know the answer. We're like, I don't know. Well, again, that's why these other questions and principles of scripture are in here so that it kind of helps us narrow it down even a little bit more. So number four, does it evangelize? Does it help spread the gospel? Colossians 4, verse 5 through 6 says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without. That's the, the lost people, right? Uh, redeeming the time. Why? Well, other scripture says the days are evil, right? We live in a very wicked and perverse time, and that hasn't changed even since this was written. Uh, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So the question we have to ask does it evangelize? You may, it's not saying that, is it going out and you know preaching on the street corners? No, the question would be is, does it add to or take away from the gospel? Okay, is what I'm doing in this gray area, would it hurt my evangelism or would it help my evangelism? Because again, I'm here, not for myself. I'm here to proclaim Christ. I'm here to tell others, whether by my words or by my life, I need to let others know about Christ. 
And if I'm doing things that would not necessarily be wrong, but they don't point people towards Christ, and actually it takes people's eyes off of Christ, then maybe I shouldn't do that. So the question is, does it evangelize? So we've, is it excess? Is it expedient? Does it emulate? Does it evangelize? Okay, next one here, number uh, five is, does it edify? Will it build me up? Or if having done this, will I be stronger in Christ? And this can go towards uh, you and me, okay? Um, <clears throat> so it says, um, Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Okay, so uh, Why? We're supposed to edify one another, all right? 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23 to 24, we've talked about this. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. So let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth, okay? So in this situation, does it edify? Is it help building me up? Is it help building others up, okay? And then number six, does it exalt? Uh, and this kind of goes along with does it emulate, all right? But does it exalt? If I do this, will it exalt the Lord? Very familiar passage. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Uh, Colossians 3, 17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, give, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So what are we supposed to do? Everything we do is supposed to bring glory to God and we're to do so for God's glory, all right? And then the last one here, is it a good example? If I do this, will it set the right pattern of righteousness or example for my weaker brother, okay? And a few passages here, Romans chapter, Romans 14, verses 12 through 13. So then every one of us, shall give an account of himself to God. Let us therefore judge uh, one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Why? Are we supposed to set a good example for other people? 1 Corinthians 8 verse 9, but take heed lest by any man this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are we, we don't want to trip up other brothers. Now, I, if I can put this clarification in here, in this, when somebody comes to you and says, I'm offended, you know, do we, um, uh, I can't think of a better word, but kowtow or to uh, capitulate to somebody else's preference. And someone's like, well, I don't like that you did that. Well, that's not what we're talking about when we talk about the weaker brother. The weaker brother is somebody that if we do this and they do it with us, they are actually sinning against their conscience. And it's, it's not talking about the person who just doesn't like what we're doing. It's talking about the person that may be sinning as a result of what uh, we're doing here. But, so we wanna make sure that we are a good example for that brother or sister. So, 
But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 13, he says, Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Why does he say that? He says, look, I'm in this for other people. I'm not in this for myself. And even though I may have a liberty in this gray area, scripture doesn't forbid me from doing this in this specific uh, situation, eating meat off an idol. Scripture doesn't forbid that. Uh, but he says, look, if, if it causes my brother to offend or to sin, guess what? I don't need to do it because I'm in it for them. And so hopefully these principles will help. Let me just recap before we uh, let you go. Number one, is it excess? Number two, is it expedient? Number three, does it emulate? Number four, does it evangelize? Number five, does it edify? Number six, does it exalt? And number seven, is it a good example? So those are some uh, practical ways to help you determine whether a gray area is indeed uh, biblical and how I can seek the mind of God in finding out how to deal with gray areas. I'm glad you've been able to join us. I hope some of this was helpful. Uh, please stay tuned as we have other uh, good walk talks available to you. And if we can ever be of a help, please let us know. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for being a part of Walk Talks today by listening and subscribing to our podcast. Follow us on social media for sneak peeks at future episodes and to share your favorites with others who would benefit as well. We hope your heart has been enriched by God's word to take your next step in following Christ.